This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Paul Brandt is a singer and a musician. That's how we know him, of course. But he's also the chair of the Alberta Task Force on Human Trafficking and the founder of a new charity called Not In My City. And he joins us now. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for being here with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Well, it's really important that we talk about this. I mean, you're one of the founders of this new charity that we are supporting this year on Pledge Day through the Calgary Children's Foundation. So can you give us a little background? Tell us about this charity and why it's so important to you. Well, you know, I got to say first that, uh, you know, to have the Calgary Children's Foundation award, not in my city, a grant of $15,000, we're so grateful and it's going to such an important cause. You know, um, human trafficking is is a a foundational issue because it it deals with the way that we're going to handle human rights and human dignity in our society. And a civil society, you know, it, it can't exist unless we're standing up for the most vulnerable. And, uh, you know, I, I came into this whole thing. It does seem like a stretch. I, I'm going to admit, how does a guy in the cowboy hat, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden start into into this uh, this work in, in the fight against human trafficking? But we came into it quite honestly and in some ways quite by surprise, my wife and I. And, and uh, this all started for us some, oh, it must have been probably 16 years ago or so now. So talk to us a little bit about it. You know, it, it, I, want, I want to hear the history because I'm sure there's some down and dirty information here that might surprise people. And that's why you have become so very passionate about it. Yeah, so we, we, we found out about human trafficking. It would have been uh, on a, a documentary we were watching called Children for Sale that uh, aired on Dateline NBC back in 2005. And we were busy on the road. My wife Liz sings in the band and, and uh, is a part of all the day-to-day operations and has been kind of right from the beginning of, of my music career. And, and we watched this documentary, and it was, about, um, it was about child trafficking that was happening in Southeast Asia. And this is the kind of thing you think about and hear about, you know, when you think about trafficking, oh, it's, it must be happening somewhere else. Right. And at that time, you know, we were doing about 180 shows a year, traveling all over the world, very busy. And, and um, we had a lot of uh, humanitarian organizations approach us and ask if we would come and talk about the work they were doing in different places around the world and be on their telethons and things like that, maybe donate. And uh, one of these organizations approached us and said, we could take you to one of 90 countries around the world where we do our work. Where would you want to go? And we said, we want to go to Southeast Asia. We want to learn more about uh, human trafficking. Um, and, and so we went over, we were in Cambodia, and we actually were toured to a place where uh, child sex trafficking was happening, and there was a group trying to fight against this. They would, their tactic was to pay the rate that someone would have paid to have sex with a child for the day and take that child to a safe location and let them just be kids for the day, you know, let them have food and be safe. Mm-hmm. And, and But at the end of the day, they had to take them back. Because under Cambodian law at that time, they were seen as owned property. And so they were actually owned by these brothel owners. 
And this this just hit us hard. You know, I, I, you know for, for me and Liz, it was completely life-changing. Liz has given me the permission to, you know, share some of her story, and it is her story, um, but did deal with, with, um, with sexual abuse as a child. And this opened up a, lo- a lot of those old wounds I for bet, her. yeah. And it kind of it became, you know, we knew at that point we were going to be lifers. <laughs> this was going to be a part of our, our story at some, you know, in some way or another forever. And when we came back to Canada, uh, we started to educate ourselves and learn more about the issue. And we came to find out through mentors and people who have really, um, you know, held up this, this fight here in, in, uh, in Canada for, for years now, um, that this is one of the fastest growing crimes in Canada today. And, uh, you know, I, I had no idea that these things were happening. My, my tipping point moment, my aha moment, was when I met a little girl who was five years old, um, sold into trafficking six to eight times a night for the purposes of sex. Oh. And, and I, I uh, the youngest victim that I've met here in Alberta was seven when, when she was first trafficked here in our province. And I, I, I thought to myself, what am I going to teach my son? about how to respect and interact with women now that I know this stuff. You know, what am I going to tell my, my little girl um, that I did about this when I found out about it? And, and that's really where the beginnings of Not In My City um, started to kind of come together. And it's just been an incredible story of um, the way that the community has come to wrap around all of this now. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been an amazing journey. And, and it's something that is really needed in our communities right now. The statistics are horrific. The things that are happening to our children right now, especially with the vulnerabilities created through COVID, mm-hmm. um, are mind-blowing. So it's, um, it's definitely all the support that we get, the opportunity opportunity to talk to you about this today. I'm very, very thankful for it. I mean, you know, it just, it just, it, it breaks your heart when you just hear even a little bit of information. So no doubt I, I, I can understand why you and Liz got so deeply involved in this. When we think about our children, it's, it's our, it's our job as parents to protect these, these little people, these little human beings. And to the fact that this is happening, not just in Canada, but in our province and in our city. So break it down for us, Paul. What, what do you know about statistics that are happening yeah. here in the city of Calgary? Thanks for that. You know, I'm, I'm not really a, a stats person. I'm more of a story person. But my wife, Liz, is, she's got a degree in pure mathematics. So she's always about the stats. And, and it's important for parents and, and I think our community to understand that since 2014, there's been a 616% increase in online sexual exploitation of children. Um, that's, just, that's just astronomical. You know, 26% of trafficked persons in Canada are under the age of 18. And victims in Canada are often trafficked as young as 13 to 14 years old. Um, 72% of trafficking victims in Canada are under 25, and 90% of them are Canadian. They're not coming from somewhere else. These are our kids that this is happening to. And it's, it's a huge industry. Each, each victim um, of, of human trafficking, of child se- or sexual exploitation and, and trafficking in Canada is worth over $280,000 a year per victim for the perpetrators that are controlling them. This is a multi-billion dollar a year industry. And they don't want our communities to win. They don't want us to talk about this because it changes their business from uh, a high-profit, low-risk business. I mean, if you can exploit a person and control them, and tell them what to do. You can get multiple scores a day of money from these people, right? Um, and if we start talking about it, it disrupts it. 
Mm-hmm. But that's what we want to do. We want to shift this from a, a high-profit, low-risk business to a, a low-profit, high-risk business and make it hard for these traffickers to do what they're doing to, to our communities. Paul, what does it mean? I mean, we hear that term, sexual exploitation. What does it mean exactly? Well, you know, I've heard it explained in, in you know, very, you know, simple um, ways. And, and, and sometimes it seems like it's, it's you know, really complex it's it's really it's really not as complicated um as you, you might you know want to want to want to or might think that it is the, the challenging thing is that most goodwill people never imagine that this kind of stuff mm-hmm. happens um so it's not really on your radar it's almost like an information grenade you know and, and in some ways you toss it out there and and you, you you tell people about it and they have to process it you know and and I I've learned to try and you know be be really patient about the way that I bring this information to people and 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 you know see how they're going to respond to it but it's it's really really quite simple it's basically just a person with power mostly usually it's a man but not always um who um you know controls uses their power to make money off of other people that's really all it is and and we ha- we see you know in my role as as chair of the human trafficking task force for the province we're dealing with issues related to not only sexual exploitation and trafficking but also labor trafficking and organ trafficking um and and all of these issues you know kind of span into that human rights and human dignity uh side of of you know of society and uh, it's about people with power taking advantage of people who don't have it Paul, obviously the Children's Foundation chose your organization because there are kids involved. Have you met some of the children who have been rescued? Yeah, you know, um, most, of the, most of the people that I've had the opportunity to speak with um, that are, are victims of trafficking have been on the long journey and, and, and have come into adulthood now. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of the testimonies that we're hearing through the task force or in the work that we're doing with Not In My City. And by the way, Not In My City is focusing on that under 18 group. Um, that's really the, the primary focus for us right now. And, and a really a, a close to my heart, having been a registered nurse at the Alberta Children's Hospital for a couple of years and, and with all the work that we've done at the Alberta Children's Hospital with the Radiothon and, and being a part of mm-hmm. uh, the Patrons Council there. Um, but, uh, you know, when you hear these stories of children who were, were exploited and trafficked here in Alberta um, since before they could walk, you know, since before they before they were old enough to have any opportunity to really defend themselves or say anything, um, you start to realize just how deep this issue goes, and uh, and and how vigilant we have to be as a society and as parents today. When you hand your child a device, and this is this is really pertinent r- related to what we're dealing with with COVID right now. You know, when your child is alone with a device, you might as well be handing them a loaded gun. Because they're going to be online, and we're seeing this online trafficking and exploitation, and these people, these perpetrators that are looking for our our children online, they're approaching our kids through video games. You know, they're posing as 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 other kids and trying to get compromising pictures from our kids, and then using that to to threaten our threaten our children. Um, you know, if you don't give me more, I'm telling everybody what you did. These are common tactics that we're seeing, and that it's happening right now. And so I, you know, for me, you know, when I when I think about kids, especially, um, 
it's an uncomfortable conversation, but we have to have it. We, we have to empower parents with, uh, with what they need to know to be able to fight this. And mm-hmm. we have to empower kids because empowered kids don't get trafficked. I'm a mom. You're a dad. Any parents, grandparents, we need to make sure that this comes to an end. This is stopped. Uh, you know, how can we not want to put an end to child exploitation in all its forms? So we thank you for what you're doing, and we thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. And, and I just really want to say one final thing. There is hope. When we educate ourselves and fight against this and we know what we're dealing with, we can, we can solve this issue. And I just want to encourage people, educate yourselves. There is hope. Paul Brantz, singer, musician, chair of the Alberta Task Force on Human Trafficking and founder of the charity Not In My City, notinmycity.ca. Thank you so much, Paul. Take care. That, of course, was the incomparable Paul Brandt singing Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. And we just heard an interview he did this morning with uh, Sue Diel. I'm Danielle Smith. I'm here with Linda Olson from Global News. We're going to read out some uh, some more pledges in a bit. But uh, why don't you make uh, another contribution? Because after hearing that story, you know that all of the charities that the Calgary Children's Foundation are giving to are going to go to literally save lives. CalgaryChildrensFoundation.com is the way to do it online. We also have people online and on standby to take your call at 403-974-8255. But before we get into some more pledges, let's explore a little bit more about what Not In My City is doing. Paula Worthington is spokesperson for Not In My City, and she joins us now. Paula, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, and congratulations on all that you're doing today. Well, it's am- it's uh, it's amazing, and it's organizations that yours that cause people to open their heart, open their purses to be able to support you. So, so t- tell me a, a little bit more about what we're experiencing in the city, because the story that we just heard Paul Brandt tell about being in Cambodia, paying for a day of a child's time, five years old, to keep them away from predators. What what is it that we're experiencing here in the city? Well, it's pretty incredible, and I know, and and certainly I've heard that from your response to Paul's interview, is this is not an easy topic to talk about, but, you know, it is one that's becoming easier. We're starting to see more news stories about it, and thanks to support from from organizations like yourselves, but the reality is, is that this is happening, and um, in Canada, the average age of recruitment for human trafficking is 13 years old. That's the average age. And what we see is that there's uh, 28% of all trafficking victims in Canada are under the age of 18 and 75% are under 25. So as much as we want to think that this doesn't happen to Canadian kids, it does and 90% of them are Canadian-born victims. So we often think, you know, this is happening. This is terrible. It's happening in other parts of the world. We need to do something. But it is absolutely happening in Canada. And I think the thing that's really challenging is that traffickers will target our most vulnerable. They, they look for the cracks in kids and in youth who are going through a hard time or maybe they're not fitting in or they feel lonely or they've had a tough upbringing and they really prey on that. And that's where we really have to step in and make sure that those kids um, are feeling empowered, as, as Paul had talked about, and really giving them the support and tools and resources to be able to to hopefully avoid, avoid a really difficult situation. Can you tell us about a story that you heard that was particularly difficult? There's, there's, I, I've had the opportunity to hear firsthand from survivors, and it 
cuts you at the core and it stays with you for a really long time. Um, I had one survivor talk about she was able to to get herself out of it and she's an amazing um, heroic person today. But what struck me is she said, you know, when you come out of this, you can maybe be reborn, but you'll never piece yourself together the same way again as you as the person you were before. And she said that she thinks that there's obviously really horrible crimes in the world, but that human trafficking has to be one of the worst. And um, another survivor is actually, she's, she's the, the mother of uh, her daughter had been trafficked initially in um, Nova Scotia. And what had started out as some new friendships for her daughter turned into um, a life of her being taken away and being trafficked. And she eventually died. She died in a, oh. in a car accident. And, um, you know, for her, she, she's become, her name's Jennifer Holloman. And you can, you can read about her story actually on the Not In My City um, Facebook page. We've profiled her story. And she's an incredible um, supporter of helping to end this issue. And, you know, for her being a mother of, of someone, and she fought so hard to try and get her daughter back, uh, it's really incredible when when you look at what happened and you know what what started as some some new friendships, new relationships for her daughter, and the track it took her on and how her life changed um, really strikes a chord with you. No kidding. We um, are also helping to support your organization through the Calgary Children's Foundation. But how else can Calgarians what help you? What can they do to to support your work? Well, there's a few things they can do. I think one of the big things is is we aim to disrupt human trafficking. Um, we, we often say that freedom should include everybody. And I think thinking about that statement and what that means for you, what does freedom mean to you? What are the things we experience and that, you know, kids can experience? And if someone doesn't have that, how do we make sure we're standing up and giving them a voice and, and not just saying nothing or doing nothing because it might feel uncomfortable. Um, recognizing, you know, that, that it is a problem, that, that it does occur in our communities. Um, people can go to notinmycity.ca and learn about the issue at hand. There's a lot of great resources and information there. And be willing to have that conversation, you know, have that conversation with a friend, have the conversation with your kids. Don't shy away from it and, yeah. and uh, start to build up the tools to um, maybe recognize if, if you're seeing something a little bit odd or, you know, um, being aware of, of what your kids are looking at online. Yeah. Um, we're seeing that as well. And we know with the pandemic that, that there is more screen time. So right. just trying to verse yourself on the information. And, and we call the people who support us, we call them our allies at Not In My City. And, uh, and there's a lot of information about that and what people can do at, at notinmycity.ca. Paula, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Paula Worthington, spokesperson for Not In My City. You can check them out online. You can also give us a call to lend your support, 403 974 48255 in support of the Calgary Children's Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge starting at 12:30 on News Talk 770 Calgary.